0: Hello everybody it is Michael here with another episode of the under pressure podcast as always I appreciate you guys support on the show We're about a month into the NBA now, which is kind of crazy. It feels like just yesterday that it started. So for us being a month in, we're going to be talking about my first first month All-Stars. We're going to talk about Kevin Porter Jr. being a Houston Rocket, the Utah Jazz's streak, the Kings and Timberwolves struggles, and player spotlights on Colin Sexton, Xavier Tillman, and Andrew Wiggins. So yeah, let's get into the episode. First, I want to talk about my Eastern Conference first month All-Stars. Now, I'll get out of the way that this is not a prediction by any means. This is just based off the first month, and this was very, very difficult to do. So many players in this Eastern Conference are playing phenomenal. So many guys have been affected due to the... Uh, COVID restrictions so it was a big big challenge for me to come up with a list but I've come up with a list that I feel pretty good about so starting off with my starters for the Eastern Conference for the two guard positions I have Bradley Beal and Jalen Brown I mean Bradley Beal his team is struggling and they've uh, missed some games Uh, Quite a few games, actually. And hopefully they should be back soon. But Bradley Beal has been playing absolutely phenomenal. Leading score in the league. Dude is averaging like 35 points. It's not his fault at all that they're losing games. He's doing everything that he can out there. And then Jalen Brown's had a really good season for my Boston Celtics so far. He's just been pretty awesome. If James Harden... Uh, started off the season better and if he was in the eastern conference a little bit longer i would have given him the start over Jalen brown but just due to those factors i gave Jalen brown the start for now don't think that'll last but he's been playing very very good efficient in all aspects of the game his mid-range jump shot has become almost unguardable became one of the best mid-range shooters in the league still an efficient three-point shooter and improving on the defensive side of the ball every single year so shout out to Jalen brown for a really good season Uh, for the captain i Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant's just been playing some absolutely ridiculous basketball. It's just. I talk about this every time I talk about KD, but it's so crazy that he could come off such a terrible injury in the Achilles injury and then just be basically the same, if not a better player. He has been killing it on the offensive side of the ball. He's been completely unguardable at this point in the season, because I mean, what are you supposed to do about a guy like Kevin Durant, who is basically a seven footer who has the handle of a guard and can literally shoot over anybody? And can shoot from anywhere. His playmaking has gotten better as well. Like He's just been absolutely incredible. Uh, I was definitely choosing between him and Joel Embiid for the starter uh, for the captain for the eastern conference but I gave it to Kevin Durant because he's just been so good so far uh, another starting four we got Giannis I mean Giannis hasn't been like crazy this season and the Bucks haven't been super super crazy either but it's just kind of the typical season you'd expect out of Giannis uh, he's still playing very very well averaging like 27 points 10 rebounds 5 assists that's just the numbers you expect out of Giannis definitely need to see the free throws get better that's been a really really weird thing because if you look Back to like 2017, he was shooting 77%, 2018, 76 and it's just gone down. And it's gone down pretty bad this season where he's shooting only 58%, so he's got to figure that out. But other than that, he's been playing very, very well. And then for the big, we got Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been absolutely awesome this season uh, in the most recent game with the Celtics and uh, the 76ers, he just absolutely dominated, had a massive game, and yeah, he's just looked so locked in this season, and this is the thing about Joel Embiid, this is the frustrating thing, is that Joel Embiid, when he's locked in like this, it's like, what are you supposed to do, how are you supposed to stop a guy who is this big as a 7-footer, is 280 pounds, but also is this skilled his footwork, is just out of this world it's ridiculous his mid-range jump shot has been amazing this year and he's been killing it out of the pick and pop his face-up game has been really good his three-point shooting is the best percentage of uh, he's ever shot in his career. Free throw shooting is the best. Like He's just been locked in on all aspects of the game and has been absolutely phenomenal. So I hope he can keep that up for sure. And then bench for the guards. I got James Harden and Malcolm Brogdon. Like I said about James Harden, he'll be the starter. It it's just comes down to a thing where he wasn't really playing that well with the Rockets early in the season. You could tell he was completely checked out. And that definitely affected his numbers a little bit. And he's still adjusting to Brooklyn. Still hasn't played many games there. So i have him on the bench for now. Definitely will get the start at some point. And then Malcolm Rogdon is a guy who's been playing very, very well. Him and Sabonis have both been playing like almost equal levels, I'd say. And they've definitely helped uh the Pacers a lot and being one of the best teams in the NBA and definitely in the Eastern Conference they've been up there the entire season so far and he's going back to like the super efficient Malcolm Brockton I hope this can keep up because this kind of happened last year as well where he started off really hot and then he uh trailed off a little bit but this year averaging and a half points 7.3 assists uh, shooting over 40% from three shooting about 90% from the line as well. He's just been awesome as a whole, plays defense too. Like he is such a great player and he's had such a great season so far. Uh for the forwards, I got Jason Tatum and demonta Sabonis. Jason Tatum is someone who's missed some games due uh to covid, but in the games he did play, Jason Tatum was absolutely phenomenal. And I feel like people forget like how good he was in that. He, he's he been the best player on the Celtics. I know Jalen Brown's been very good, and he has he's the starter for a reason. But J- Jason Tatum has been absolutely phenomenal in the 10 games he's played. Shooting 47% from the field, 44% from three, and basically 89% from the line. The dude is like a 50-40-90 guy while taking very difficult shots. Uh, almost a 27-point score, seven rebounds, about four assists, one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. He's been absolutely incredible. DeMonte Sabonis, uh, like I said about him and Malcolm Brogdon, both of them have just been very, very good all season. Like Sabonis definitely isn't uh, the player that he was at the beginning of the season when he was putting up some ridiculous numbers, but he's still putting up very, very good numbers and has improved pretty Uh, good from last season because he was already awesome last season was already an all-star guy but he's averaging 22 points this season the thing that stood out to me a lot because obviously we all knew about his ability to dominate inside he's got such good touch such good footwork and a lot of times he just overpowers people But it's his ability to shoot the three ball that's uh, impressed me the most. He's shooting the most attempts of his career. It's something that he was kind of known for in like OKC. He was uh, put in a weird role where he was more of a stretch big in his rookie season. But then uh, he kind of stopped taking threes and was much more of a dominant inside guy. But he's gone back to taking a lot more threes and he's shooting them well at 36% getting to the line at a good rate, hitting his mid-range shots, showing off that he's one of the best big men playmakers in the league, averaging 5.6 assists. I mean, Sabonis has just been awesome so far this season, and he definitely deserves deserves a ton of credit for what the Pacers have been so good. Uh, My next big is uh, Nikola Vucevic. Now, he's a guy who uh is playing on a team that's not too great i mean they've been all right this season but injuries have really killed them and he's honestly been the only thing that's been able to keep that team afloat he's been absolutely awesome this season averaging 23 points about 11 rebounds three and a half assists shooting the three ball 6.3 times per game and shooting 42.6 percent now that isn't sustainable but that's just absolutely incredible He's just one of the better offensive big men in the league. He's kind of got the full package of everything you'd want with the ability to hit the mid range, hit the three in the pick and pop, but is also a really good post big men, solid playmaker as well. I mean, Vucevic has just been awesome this season, so he de- definitely deserves a nod. Uh, my next player I have is Zach Levine. Zach Levine is a guy who definitely deserves a ton of recognition for how he's been playing so far. I don't really care that the Bulls haven't been great because they also haven't been that awful. And Zach Levine has just been out of this world. Uh, If you thought he put up good numbers last year with the 25 and a half, then this year he's even better, 27 and a half points. Uh, And he's shooting so well, shooting almost 50% from the field, 39% from three and 86% from the line. Another guy who's in that like 50, 40, 90 range, which considering the difficulty of shots he takes and just the offensive responsibility that he has is so, so impressive, has improved as a playmaker as well. Still isn't something that's great and it's still something that needs work but I do like to see it progressing every single season and I really hope this can be Zach Levine's first all-star year because he was pretty close last year but just didn't make it and the Bulls have been better and he's been uh, better individually as well so I think he absolutely deserves a nod Uh, and then the last guy I have is Chris Middleton Uh, Chris Middleton has been very good so far this season Oh. Hopefully this season he can actually hit that 50-40-90. Came just so narrowly short of it last year, shot 49.7% from the field and that killed him But he's shooting 52% from the field this year, 44% from 3 92% from the line, averaging 5.7 assists as well. He's been kind of a killer down the stretch, not going to lie. He's been great down the stretch for the Bucks and he's been a big big reason to why they can close out games cuz even though you like your best player and Giannis to be the guy that closes his games that's just not his role and that's what chris middleton does and he's been doing it effectively so yeah he's been very very good this year he's having a career year and it's been awesome for the milwaukee bucks and now some honorable mentions these are all guys who i thought definitely deserved it but for one reason or another, I just couldn't put him. Jeremy Grant is someone who's been awesome this season. He's definitely proved me wrong. Uh, I thought he was going to average some pretty good numbers. But the numbers that he's averaging are just out of this world, to be honest. Still playing the good defense that he always does as well. Uh, but the Pistons are just very, very bad. And there's just so many guys playing such good basketball that it was really hard for me to fit him in there. Definitely deserves an honorable mention, though. and Definitely deserves a ton of recognition for how he's been playing. Trey Young is a someone who's had such a weird season so far like he had an awesome start to the season was looking like he was going to be an all-star starter started to really really struggle and had a super weird stretch of games and then recently he's been playing better so i think he'll end up getting an all-star spot because i think he'll start playing more like the trey young that we know and then i think he'll also just get the fan love because he's a Uh, Very, very popular dude. So I think it will definitely be an all-star, but at this point, I just don't think he deserves it because of the struggles that he had and his efficiency is pretty poor right now. Colin Sexton is someone who's had an absolutely awesome season so far, but the issue is he missed some games with, I don't remember if it was COVID. I'm pretty sure it was an injury that he was dealing with, and that definitely hurt him in the race. Uh, but he's been awesome this season so he deserves a ton of recognition it's just pretty difficult for him because there's so many guards who are playing so so well and he's just hurt because of the injury that he did have but he deserves a ton of recognition for the way he's been playing the way he closed out that Nets game was absolutely ridiculous one of the best performances I've seen in a long long time so shout out to Colin Sexton on a great year uh, I definitely had to give Julius Randle some recognition the Knicks have been pretty surprising they've been a team that hasn't been like great by any means but they've been one of the best defenses in the nba and their offense has really struggled but julius randall's one of the only guys who can uh really perform on the offensive side of the ball and he's been uh big for this team so far he's been averaging 22 points i mean a 11 rebounds six assists like he's doing everything for them out there being a big playmaker he hasn't even been turning the ball over that much like three and a half turnovers isn't great but for Julius Randle and for how much he's being asked to play make that's honestly not bad shooting the three ball at a pretty good percentage as well he's just been uh, playing some of the best basketball of his career and it's not empty stats he the Knicks are winning games and he's a big reason for that Kyrie Irving is obviously someone who's going to be an all-star. He's got the fan popularity. He's one of the best players in the NBA. It's just him uh, missing the games that he did that's really hurting him because – I'm not really looking at, like, total games played. I'm more looking at uh, how many uh, games you missed out of your team's games. Just because of the COVID stuff, I'm not really going to hold that against people. But Kyrie missed games that the Nets were playing. Like, I'm not holding it against Tatum because he only missed a couple games. He And he's going to be coming back sooner rather than later if he doesn't even uh, come back already tonight. So yeah, Kyrie just missed too many games, but he's been playing great and he's going to get a spot. Gordon Hayward is someone who I really wanted to give the nod because he's been awesome this season so far. Uh, He's been absolutely just amazing for the Hornets and the Hornets haven't been too bad either. He's been not worth that max contract because it's a big contract, but he's been playing very, very well and showing why the Hornets should have gave him that contract He's averaging 22 points uh, doing the efficient Gordon Hayward things as always I mean he's just consistently one of the most efficient players in the NBA he's only 0.7 percent away from the field goals uh, from being a 50 40 90 guy and that's just kind of what he does great playmaker as well solid defender good rebounder like Gordon Hayward is just such a well-rounded player that could fit on literally any team and he's been very very good this season uh Bam Adebayo is someone who it really hurt me not to give Bam Adebayo that nod just because he's had a pretty awesome season so far he's really expanded his game is looking a lot like a kevin garnett type of player and with kevin garnett being my favorite player of all time it's definitely cool to see like his face-up game is so much better now his handle is already so good and it's gotten better and then his ability to just hit mid-range jumpers Uh, When he's facing up and uh, his improvement from the free throw line, he's still playmaking like he's doing everything that he did last year. It's just the only thing that really hurts him is that he aren't playing too well. And there's just so many guys again in the Eastern Conference playing so well. So I think he's definitely someone who could get the nod and probably will get the nod. Uh, as one of like the later guys but for now i just didn't put him in there i think that he will start to turn things around and i think that'll definitely help his case but unfortunately i couldn't put him in there and then my last uh, honorable mention for the eastern conference is andre drummond andre drummond has been very good so far this season He's definitely gonna have some of his minutes taken away now that jared allen's here but he's been very very good is averaging 18.8 points 15 rebounds and about three assists he's playing some of the best defense of his career that's honestly the thing that's stood out to me the most his ability to rebound so well has definitely helped out the Cavs being like the best defense in the NBA cuz even though they uh shouldn't like fundamentally be the best defense cuz they they're they have good defenders on the roster but it's just how good they are at uh not allowing offensive rebounds they're one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league. They run like these zones a lot because they have slower bigs and they have a lot of bigs in their rotation and it honestly works a lot Like, he's been displaying very, very well. I mean, his efficiency hasn't been good, and that's just kind of an issue with Drummond is that he is not super efficient, especially sometimes he can just go way out of his role and do stuff that he shouldn't be doing. And then he turns the ball over a lot, 3.8 turnovers. But he still had a good year, so I had to give him credit for that. Now, going on to my Western Conference First month All-Stars. I'd say this was probably a little bit easier than the Eastern Conference. Still definitely was a challenge. But for my starting guards, I have Damian Lillard and Stephen Curry. Both of them have been playing very, very well. Dame started off like a little bit slow. It was just, I think, either like the first game or two where he wasn't playing super well. But now he's just back to playing Damian Lillard basketball, averaging 28 points, about seven assists, shooting 44% from the field, about 37% from three on 10 attempts, 94.5% from the line. He's been pretty awesome this year so far after a bit of a slow start. And then he's helping the Portland Trailblazers win games. It's definitely going to be a big proof it a couple games and probably a couple weeks for him without CJ McCollum because CJ's been so good but Damian Lillard definitely deserves that starting uh, recognition he's been awesome and then Stephen Curry I mean, we all know who Stephen Curry is. He's been playing absolutely amazing so far this season, averaging 28 points, shooting 45% from the field, 37% from three, 93.5% from the line, uh, six assists as well. He's playing MVP level basketball, and he absolutely deserves a start. The Warriors are aren't a great team by any means, but I don't think anyone should have expected them to be without Clay Thompson. As long as they're a playoff team, which I think they uh, should be, they're eight and seven right now now they've had some bad losses here but they've also had some really impressive wins so Steph Curry has definitely been great this year and has been leading Uh, the Warriors, who aren't the most talented team by any means, to be a solid team. So he definitely deserves starting recognition. LeBron James starting forward, uh, he's probably going to be the captain. But for mine, he wasn't the captain. Uh, He's just been kind of coasting, and him coasting is still being uh, one of the best players in the league. Him coasting is averaging 24.5 points, 7.8 rebounds, and 7.6 assists, shooting 40 eight percent from the field basically 40 percent from three he's been so awesome so far this season and it's just crazy because it doesn't even seem like he's super locked in it's mostly just when it gets down the stretch and if it's a close game and he knows they need to win that game LeBron James will do it and that's why the Lakers are such a phenomenal team at this point in the season because they have LeBron James on their roster and LeBron James has been excellent Ah, uh, Paul George is my other starting forward. I was really, really uh, just like narrowly deciding between him and Kawhi Leonard. and they like switched for me every game. Uh, it was it's such a close race between those two because they've both been playing just out of this world. They have both been super locked in. But I wanted to give Paul George that recognition because he's gotten so much criticism, and I think that criticism is well deserved. And he's came out this season and he's really been fully locked in, is in like that MVP, Paul George mode. Uh, that he was in 2019 with OKC, averaging 24 and a half points on some of the best efficiency you'll ever see. The dude is shooting 50 50 90. We give guys credit for shooting 50 40 90. That's an accomplishment. Dude is shooting 50 50 90. He's been absolutely incredible. His playmaking's been better as well. It's been something he's asked. I've uh, been asked to do more and he's been fulfilling in that. He's played more of like a point guard role, especially when they do that like triangle offense a little bit. Him and Kawhi have both been playmaking well. And then we all know he's one of the best wing defenders in the league. So gotta give a ton of credit to Paul George on an awesome season. And that's why I wanted to give him the start. And then my captain for the Western Conference had to be Nicole Jokic. Uh the nuggets may be underwhelming and maybe disappointing. And I completely uh, understand why someone may discredit Jokic for that, but Jokic has been out of this world so far. He's averaging 25 points, 11.4 rebounds, and 10 assists per game uh, on really good efficiency as well. Shooting 57% from the field, 35% from three, and 85% from the line. He's been so awesome so far this season. He's, his defense has improved as well. He's one of the league leaders in steals, and I don't think steals is a good representative For how good a defender is, but it does show that he has those quick hands and he's been more active on that side of the ball, which he definitely has. And yeah, Jokic has just been absolutely phenomenal this season. I think he's been arguably the best player in the NBA, and that says something because there are guys like Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel, LeBron, who are all playing phenomenal basketball. And I still think Jokic is that number one guy. He's been that good at this point in the season, and he definitely deserves a captain, and obviously he's the starter. Now going on to the bench, my first guy is CJ McCollum. Uh, he's an injured guy, so I I just put him there because he deserves it because he's been playing so well, but the injury does take him out, so I do have two other guards there. I just wanted to give CJ his recognition, his credit, because he's been absolutely awesome at this point in the season. He's averaging 26.7 points, uh, five assists, four rebounds on some absolutely incredible efficiency. Shoot 47% from the field. He's shooting 11 threes a game. 11 which is just absolutely crazy and he's shooting 44 uh shooting about 84 and a half percent of the line as well at a certain point he was the best portland trailblazers player and him and dame were both playing just some incredible basketball so he absolutely deserves recognition i really hope he can get back from that injury quickly because it'd be so sad for cj McCollum, a guy who has always just came just short of being an all-star has just been slightly a tier below an all-star And then he has this one year where he's absolutely incredible and he's going to be an all-star and then he gets injured and that's why he doesn't get in. I really hope he gets that recognition because that would suck for him. Uh, My next guy off the bench is Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka Doncic my favorite player in the league he has been a little disappointing I won't even lie it's just the efficiency hasn't been great especially from the three-point line shooting about seven per game and it's only shooting about 28 uh, percent it's definitely getting better and better each game he's just been a little underwhelming and the Mavs have been a little underwhelming as a whole especially just due to the circumstances they're under where they've missed so many key rotation players where these guys aren't stars and maybe like a casual fan wouldn't understand the impact of a guy like maxi kleber but the, them missing out on those guys has hurt them a lot and it's been a big uh, reason why the mavs have lost some games they're still a good team and they still can compete against some very good teams like they beat be a very good pacers team pretty comfortably recently and yeah luca i just have him coming off the bench i do think he could definitely nab that uh, starting spot just for now i gave him uh off the bench and then the next player i have for guard is luke uh, is donovan mitchell donovan mitchell has been very good this year he started off pretty slow like honestly he was one of the more disappointing uh players at the beginning of the season but he's really turned it around and the jazz as a whole have turned it around and have started playing very very well uh they've been one of the best teams in the nba and they've been on a roll recently he's averaged 24 points about five assists four rebounds on great efficiency 44 percent from the field but the 41 percent from three on 8.7 attempts is the thing that really stands out about 85% of the line as well he's just been playing very very good this season and has been a big reason for the Utah Jazz's success so he absolutely deserves to be an all-star yet again um, my first forward off the bench is Kawhi Leonard I mean he was very very close to getting the starting spot for me so obviously he deserves a spot off the bench he's been awesome so far this season averaging 24.9 points Uh, He's shooting it great, shooting 50% of the field, 45% from three, and 88% from the line. uh, Almost a 50, 40, 90 guy, about six assists, and only about two turnovers as well, which is really, really impressive for a guy who used to just not be a good playmaker at all. Like, if we look at some of his earlier years, assist to turnover ratios of like 2.3 to 1.8, that's not good but now he's turned into honestly a very good playmaker and that and that's been a big part of this clippers offense is them not having a true point guard but their wing stepping up in the playmaking and Kawhi's been absolutely awesome this season so he definitely deserves a spot my next forward off the bench is Ion Williamson I was really really just I was really contemplating between the two Pelicans guys because I don't think they deserve two all-stars just because they've been a bad team so far, but they absolutely deserve one, and it was really close and really tough for me between him and Brandon Ingram, but I gave Zion Williamson the edge because he's been awesome this season. He's averaging almost 24 points per game on basically 60% from the field. Uh, He's getting to the line 7.2 times per game, getting his rebounds like he always does. One of the best offensive rebounders in the league, averaging 3.2 per game. Uh, His defense has been much better, which is honestly the thing I wanted to see take a step more than anything, was him on the defensive side of the ball, and he's definitely been much better on that side. So that's been really, really nice to see, and he's just been great so far this season. So I think he'll definitely make the all-star team, especially when we take into account fan voting. He's going to be an all-star this year, as long as he doesn't get injured next forward off the bench is anthony davis anthony davis has honestly been pretty disappointing so far this season but it's just another case of uh, the lakers as a whole kind of taking it easy letting some of the role players step up and ad's still been playing very well just hasn't been in like full domination mode he's only averaging 21 points nine rebounds 3.6 assists still is shooting the ball well at 52 and a half percent from three i mean he's still playing the amazing defense that he always does getting basically two blocks per game and uh, 1.2 steals he's been kind of coasting but even a Anthony Davis coasting is uh, basically a guaranteed all-star especially with how good the Lakers are they absolutely deserve two all-stars uh, my next guy off the bench is Devin Booker Devin Booker's had a weird season at this point like he hasn't been great but with how ver- with how good the Suns have been so far they've been just super solid uh, I think they absolutely deserve an all-star uh, but it's been kind of just like a win by committee thing for them. Uh, Chris Ball hasn't been playing crazy. DeAndre Ayton hasn't been playing great either. Devin Booker hasn't been playing great. But Devin Booker's been playing well enough to be an all-star and the team. Is so good that, again, I think they deserve an all-star. He's averaging 22 points on very good efficiency, 47% of the field. Only 34% from the three isn't great, but... Uh, And about 81% from the line. Turnovers are up, which is something I'd love to see him cut down on because he's averaging 4.1 assists and 4.1 turnovers. So so those just kind of cancel each other out. Again, he hasn't been playing great, but I do expect him to turn things up a little bit. And they just absolutely deserve an all star for how good they've been. And then my last guy off the bench. This one was super tough for me to choose. Like, there's so many guys playing so well, and I wanted to give love to so many guys, but. Uh, This is a bit of a weird one, a familiar name, but a guy who wasn't made an all star in a couple seasons. And it's DeMar DeRozan. That may surprise you to hear that name, but DeMar DeRozan has been very good this season. And overall, the Spurs have been very good this season. He's averaging 20 points, five and a half rebounds, and basically seven assists on awesome efficiency, 46.6% from the field, uh, shooting the three ball much more and much better, uh, shooting 2.1 times per game and shooting 33%, which isn't special by any means. But at the end of the day, it's DeMar DeRozan. You never expect him to be a good three-point shooter. And then he's shooting 90 one percent from the line Uh, his playmaking is something that's improved so much when he uh, came on the spurs he's always been like a decent playmaker but it's something that he's really focused on more and that he's become a lot better at he's averaging almost seven assists per game and only 1.7 turnovers which is absolutely phenomenal like 1.7 turnovers is his career low outside of his rookie season where he was only playing about 21 and a half minutes per game and he's averaging a career high in the assist as well so that's great to see he's just been playing super well and I feel like someone on the spurs deserves it because they've been a good team as a whole and I really wanted to give DeMar Rosen the credit for him having a good season so far Uh, for my honorable mentions I got Brandon Ingram Uh, like I said with Zion Williamson it was really hard for me to give them two all-stars but Brandon Ingram has been playing very very well Uh, I just think Zion uh, has been a little bit better and it gave him the very slight edge and again, I just don't think they deserve to All-Star. Shea Gilders Alexander is someone who I heavily considered giving recognition. It was really between him and Demar Derozan for me for the last spot, uh, but uh, I gave it to Demar. Shea Gilders Alexander has been very, very good so far. The Thunder have been surprising; they've been solid at this point. I could absolutely see him sneaking into the All-Star game. Uh, I just had to give him the honorable mention. He just slightly missed out. For- on it for me christian wood has been great this year so far uh deserves a ton of recognition for how he's been playing it's just the struggles of the rockets that have really hurt him the aaron fox has been great again this year but it's it's the Kings struggling. They started off really good, and he's been consistently very good all season. Like uh, he's averaging like twenty one and seven, which is kind of just what you'd expect out of the Aaron Fox. Good defense. He's been doing everything that you'd expect. It's not his fault that the Kings suck. They're just a bad team that definitely hurts him. John Morant is someone whose injury hurts him a lot in this because John Morant, the way he played the first four games, I would give him the All Star starter. He was that good in his first like four games. The Grizzlies uh, look like a team that is probably going to be a playoff team, or at least a play-in team, especially with how they're playing without Jaron and how they played without Jaw. So once uh, those two are fully healthy, this team's going to be scary. And John ja Morant is someone who, if he can. Uh, be healthy until the all-star break i could absolutely see him making the game because he looks like on he's on a whole nother level this season and he's been awesome and then rudy gobert numbers aren't really there but uh, rudy gobert's impact isn't in the numbers when you look in the advanced statistics and when you just watch the game he's such a massive impact on the defensive side of the ball he's another guy who i was definitely thinking about putting for the last all-star i just didn't end up putting him there but he he definitely deserves some recognition for how good he's been on defense and he's helped the jazz a lot So those were my first month All-Stars. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back to talk about the Houston Rockets acquiring Kevin Porter Jr. I think this is an absolutely phenomenal move from them. And Kevin Porter Jr. is definitely someone who's had some pretty bad off the court issues, and I completely understand why uh, many teams would probably be afraid of trading for someone like him just due to that. He had the really weird recent issue where they moved his locker room and replaced it with Torian Prince, and then he was, I guess, throwing food at people. Like that's that's just a very big sign of immaturity from him. He had some issues. Uh, at USC as well, where that's honestly the biggest reason why he slipped to where he did at the 30th overall pick. Going into the year, he was hyped as a guy who could be like a top 10, even top five pick, and I mean he's very talented. But the off-court issues and him getting suspended at USC was the biggest reason for his slip, and it's the biggest reason why now he's getting traded for only a future second-round pick for. Uh, which is crazy because for someone of his talent to be traded uh, for only a second round pick that definitely shows that these off the court issues are very serious he had some weird stuff going on in the offseason as well and obviously i'm hoping but nothing for the best for kevin porter jr at the end of the day i want everyone to succeed and especially it's very sad to see Uh, young people in this league going through very very serious struggles like kevin porter jr is so hoping but nothing for the best for him because he is a super talented guy and at the end of the day i just want to see him playing basketball and living the best life that he can so prayers up to kevin porter jr i really hope everything goes well for him i hope this uh, change of scenery going to the houston rockets is good for him but just talking strictly about on the court things kevin porter jr is a very very talented dude and that's why i love this move so much uh, for the houston rockets because it's also just such a low risk high reward move like if he does continue to have off the court issues you could just cut him or you could just decline his option and he could be off the team but if those issues subside and you could figure out those issues he is a super talented dude who could be really really nice for this team he's a guy who has uh, just a, a lot of really nice abilities. I love his ability to create his own shot the most. He has a really nice handle. I like his ability out of the pick and roll, and he's a guy who is uh, pretty good at getting to like the mid range spots. Uh, he can even take threes pretty well. He's got a really good step back. Not a great three point shooter yet. His jump shot is kind of flat, and that's definitely an issue. He's only 33.5 uh, percent shooter last year on three point two attempts. Like he isn't a great player by any means. He only uh, averaged 23 minutes. 10 points per game in 50 games last year for the Cavaliers. He's going to be a a guy who takes a little bit of time he definitely can have some uh, shot selection issues and honestly i think that's a bigger issue than his form for his three-point shooting is he took some just reckless shots at times and that definitely hurt his efficiency but even with that he was still a solid enough three-point shooter and he does have the ability to hit those difficult shots at the end of the shot clock which i do think is very important yeah definitely needs to improve his playmaking and his vision as a whole isn't really great he can get tunnel vision at times for sure uh, only 2.2 assists to 1.9 turnovers isn't great at all but again he just has a lot of talent and a lot of potential in there and it's such a low risk high reward move for a team like the rockets who's clearly going in more of a rebuilding uh mode like they have solid players on their team and i think they could be a competent squad this year um But in the future, especially with all the picks that they gain for James Harden, I definitely think they can go in more of a direction of a youth movement. And you got a guy like Christian Wood alongside him. They got some nice younger players that they took swings on. And like a Kenny Martin Jr. who's super athletic, uh, definitely has a lot of skill to develop, but that raw athleticism could uh, have him a spot in the NBA. Mason Jones, someone who is a pretty talented natural scorer, a guy who's amazing at getting to the free throw line. And if you're building this nice little young core of guys you're just taking chances on and they're all super low risk high reward moves They're second round picks they're undrafted guys and then you have all your first round picks going into the future where hopefully you can swing and actually get a big time star player to put alongside Christian Wood who already looks like an all-star caliber player in this league the Houston Rockets future is looking a lot lot brighter than you'd expect it to be after trading their franchise guy who they've had for so long and who's brought them so many great moments and playoff runs play off a period appearances things are looking up for the Houston Rockets now and I think the acquisition of Kevin Porter Jr. guy who has a ton of talent a ton of potential and has just a ton of room to grow here will be very good because even if he did stay in Cleveland and if he didn't have the off the court issues he's a guy who is more of a guard with him being only 6'4", 203 pounds not the best defender doesn't have like a crazy long wingspan or anything and then they already have such good guards there and Darius Garland and um, Colin. Sexton, obviously, so I like him being... Uh, him going to a place like Houston, where he's gonna have some more opportunity. Like they have some solid guards there, uh, like Victor Oladipo. But those guys aren't really there for the future, uh, especially in the like the next season. I think he's gonna have a ton of room to just spread his wings and show what he's capable of. And I think in an environment like Houston, they're not gonna accept any uh, thing. They're not gonna accept him uh, having this poor behavior. So again, it's a low risk, high reward move because you. Can just cut him you can just get him off the team if he's acting up again off the court Uh, but if he's not he can be a very good player for you and that's why I just think this is such a good move for the Houston Rockets and could be really really good for their future you're only giving up a second round pick uh, for a guy who has a lot of potential so I love this move for the Houston Rockets hope everything goes well for Kevin Porter Jr and I hope he can emerge into like the 18 to 20 point per game score that I really think he can be. Because I think he's that talented and can be that good. Uh, just got to figure out all the off court stuff. Now I want to talk about the Utah Jazz who have been absolutely rolling as of late. They are now 11-4, looking like one of the best teams in the NBA. I think they actually have the second-best record in the NBA as a whole, which is very, very impressive. Uh, They're tied with the Clippers at 11-4, and and they're only uh, half a game back from the Los Angeles Lakers, which is very, very impressive. And what I've enjoyed so much about the Utah Jazz this season and just how they've played so far, they're a team that I haven't talked about much, but I definitely think they deserve to be talked about. And it's that no one is like sh- doing anything that I could- that I didn't really expect from this squad. Like no one's just having a super hot streak. Everybody's just kind of playing like I expected them to. And some people are even underperforming expectations and they're still just hooping. Like the one guy you could definitely tell is probably a bit of an outlier for how well he's been playing so far as Jordan Clarkson. And that's just kind of the Jordan Clarkson experience. The dude is just super streaky and he's going to have moments where he's a uh, six man of the year and he's just looking absolutely phenomenal, but he's also going to have moments where he's just uh, a negative player for your squad, where he's taking a ton of bad shots. It's kind of like the J.R. Smith type of effect, but when he's playing like the way he is now where we're 15 games into the season and he's averaging 17.7 points on 48 and a half percent from the field, basically 42% from three and 95 and a half percent from the line. Like that's awesome. He's been such a good spark off their bench. And he's been a big reason to their success is that they always have a reliable guy to come off their bench and just give them production and just bring such a nice spark to this team i really really love what jordan clarkson brings and i love that they got him locked down for the long term because he is a guy who isn't super old he's only 28 years old so he can be this big time six man and be the guy who brings the spark and the energy off their bench for a long long time so really like how jordan clarkson's been performing so far he's been a big reason to their success mike conley has had a bounce back season and i've loved to see that he's looking a lot more like bubble mike conley than the regular season mike conley that we saw last year like mike conley wasn't even terrible he was pretty bad at the beginning of the season but he started to turn things around towards the end and started to look better but this season he's looking a lot more like mike conley looking like like 2018 2016 2017 mike conley where he's just at the end of the day a good basketball player uh In only 30 minutes, he's scoring 16.3 points, shooting the ball very well, 45.8% from the field, 41% from threes, very, very nice. Isn't shooting free throws the best, but he's always been a good free throw shooter, so I expect that to turn around. And then he's averaging 6.3 assists and only 2.2 turnovers, getting a steal and a half as well. I love the secondary playmaking that he brings to this roster. uh, as a guy next to Donovan Mitchell, because as much as Donovan Mitchell is a great player and uh, has been playing very, very well this season, uh, the biggest issue that I've always had with this game is that he isn't a great playmaker. Like, he's one of those guys that is more of a read and react passer, and he kind of just makes plays uh, like as it happens. He's not a guy who really goes out of his way. Uh, to be a playmaker and to get his teammates involved at the end of the day he's just a natural scorer and that's completely fine with that being his role because he's great at that and that's what has uh, had him have such a good career so far but Mike Conley's more of a guy that's a offensive initiator and more of a guy who likes to get teammates involved a guy who works super well in the pick and roll and is really nice in there with Rudy Gobert and then is a the guy who also is a solid scorer. like he's a very good three-point shooter has always been around a 37 30 and even over forty percent three-point shooter throughout his career, and now that he is on the Utah Jazz with a guy like Donovan Mitchell with him, uh, he has more of off-ball responsibilities, which I like quite a lot because uh, I don't really like Mike Conley being your main ball handler, especially at this point in his career. But again, him being a secondary playmaker and a, a secondary guy alongside Donovan Mitchell, I think they just both help each other quite a lot because it gives Mike Conley less responsibilities, and then it gives Donovan Mitchell less responsibilities as, as a playmaker and just lets him thrive in his role. It doesn't have him going outside of who he is, because as much as as I would like to see Donovan Mitchell continue to improve as a playmaker, some guys just aren't that good of playmakers. And at certain points, you just have to accept that and have to uh, be understanding of that, that some guys are just natural scorers, and that's what they're going to do. So having a guy like Mike Conley, who's playing better now, Uh, I really really like that love that he's playing more like the bow Mike Conley because if so and if they can stay healthy that's gonna make this team just so more much more dangerous because you just add another very very good player because obviously he was on the team last year but it wasn't the Mike Conley we know like it was such a weird season for Mike Conley and then you got Rudy Gobert who's not really doing anything out of the ordinary he's just doing the typical Rudy Rudy Gobert stuff, Uh, he's never going to be a great offensive player. It's just not Rudy Gobert's game, really, but one of the best rebounders in the league, and then he's such an elite defender. Like His impact is just crazy. Literally, if you look at any advanced statistic he it all shows that he's one of the best defenders in the league and one of the better defenders of all time he just has such an impact on this team and as much as I was a little bit annoyed that they paid him so much just because I thought that contract was uh, too much for a guy like Rudy Gobert uh, he's always going to be impactful and with Rudy Gobert your team is always going to win games it may have a certain ceiling with paying him so high but no matter what your team's going to be a playoff caliber team because Rudy Gobert's is just that impactful on the defensive side of the ball and he he seems really locked in like even last year he was still great on the defensive side of the ball don't get me wrong uh, by any means but it seems like at certain points at least he wasn't as locked in and he wasn't he wasn't looking like defensive player of the year Rudy Gobert but he's really looked like defensive player of the year Rudy Gobert again averaging 2.8 blocks and he's just been uh, phenomenal yet again for the Utah Jazz such just a consistently good player and as much as his uh, value may not show in the box score at times you you just got to watch the games to see his impact and i'm sure jazz fans who watch every single game closely understand that even more and then donovan mitchell he started off a little bit slow and it was having a weird season it wasn't like a matter of him uh looking slow or anything or looking like he was hurt it was just a matter of him missing shots that he usually makes like he was getting to all of his spots and stuff he was just missing a lot of shots that it typically donovan mitchell would make so i wasn't super worried but now that he is getting rolling and he is hitting his shots At a very uh, high rate. He had an awesome game last night. Uh, He's starting to play just super well, averaging 24 points, shooting the three ball very, very well, which I love to see. Always love to see uh, players up the volume and up his percentage. Uh, 8.73 a game and shooting basically 41%. shooting 85% from the line about 44% for the field as a whole and about 4.9 assists 3.3 turnovers like he's just playing very well it's nothing out of the ordinary for Donovan Mitchell he hasn't taken like some big step and I feel like some people are expecting Donovan Mitchell to take some big step but at this point in his career I just think this is who Donovan Mitchell is and who Donovan Mitchell is is a very good player an elite guard in this league a top 25 uh, player he's phenomenal and he deserves all the credit that he does get uh it's very interesting to me like the debate between who's the best player on this roster because i think it's just all about what you value uh and in my personal opinion i would give donovan mitchell the slight edge Uh, and yeah donovan mitchell's been very very good ever since a bit of a slow start and as a whole this team it wasn't like uh necessarily a big time slow start they just didn't start off great they were just a cool team kind of more what i expected out of them like i don't really expect them to be necessarily a top three team because i just think there's other teams that are more talented than them but i do still think they could be like a top five team because that's just who the utah jazz are they're just so well-rounded they're so solid the coaching on this roster Quentin Snyder needs more credit as one of the best coaches in the league. Like I feel like he never gets brought up as, in the best coaches, but his defensive schemes are always on point, and he always has this team, no matter who's on the roster, no matter what the town is looking like, he always has this team looking good. I like the addition that uh, they did with Derek Favors coming off the bench. I just think he's a guy who fits this roster well as a very just solidified and solid veteran. He is a really good backup center. He's not really playing crazy minutes because Obviously, they have Rudy Gobert, but he's playing about 16 minutes a game, averaging like six points, six rebounds. He's honestly a really good rim protector. Like, he's never averaged a crazy amount of blocks. Uh, I think 1.7 is his career high, but he's just a, a good job. Uh, at affecting shots and always being there uh he is honestly one of the better backup centers in the league and i feel like he doesn't get uh the credit for that really really like Derek favors and then they just have their complimentary guys like uh a guy like Royce O'Neal isn't a great player by any means, and he's never going to be a great player. But you don't have to be as long as you're a role player and you're playing your role well, then that's what matters. He's a guy who isn't some great three-point shooter. Like I feel like his percentage is a little bit uh, misleading. Because his percentages would make you think he's an elite three-point shooter, but he basically just gets wide-open three-point shots in the corner, and he hits them at a good enough rate. And then he's one of their better uh, perimeter defenders. He's a good rebounder as well. He just brings a lot of value. Uh, He's not a guy that I would necessarily love to have as a starter, but he can play starters' minutes, and he can do that well. Uh, Bojan has honestly been the guy who's disappointed me the most on this roster. Like he hasn't been terrible this year, and he's starting to turn things around a little bit. But he hasn't just been the great player that he was last year he was absolutely awesome in the 2020 season i thought he was a top 50 player i thought he was incredible and i thought people were really underestimating how big of an impact he played in them not being able to win that nugget series with bojan there they absolutely would have won that nugget series but you can tell the wrist was definitely affecting him at times uh, during this season but he's starting to turn things around again he's still shooting six and a half threes and shooting about 38 percent, which is his real value as a floor spacer and just as a Another offensive option for them it's just overall his shooting hasn't been great and he hasn't been as aggressive as he was last year but i think he'll turn it around as he just gets more healthy because you have to consider this dude didn't play basketball for a long long time joe angles is a guy who's just super consistent to come off this bench a guy who's always going to shoot around 40 percent from three and then is a really good playmaker who works super well in the pick and roll solid defender just has consistently been such a nice role player for this roster uh really really like what he brings. And I just like the whole dynamic of this roster. I still again, don't think they're like an upper echelon team. They're just a team that I don't think has enough talent to ever be a championship team unless they make a pretty drastic move. But they're always going to be one of the better playoff teams because they just have such a good culture. Their coaching is so good. And they just have such a well-rounded, nice roster. So, yeah, Utah Jazz have looked very, very good, especially as of late, have won seven games in a row and are looking like one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Next team I want to talk about is a team that is struggling quite significantly and it is the minnesota timberwolves it looks like there's going to be another rough season for the minnesota timberwolves and it's honestly just sad because a lot of this is out of their control and because carl anthony town has missed a lot of time like, they're 3-10. and Carl Anthony Towns has barely played. And, again, that's not his fault. He hurt his wrist, and then he recently got COVID. It's super unfortunate everything that's happened to him. Obviously, prayers up to Carl Anthony Towns because no one wants to go what he's had to go through with all the things that happened to his family, and now he got it as well. Like, that's just absolutely awful. Hoping but nothing for the best for him. But just strictly talking basketball-wise, this team is a mess yet again. Uh, Without Carl Anthony Towns, they've had to rely on guys who I like but shouldn't be starters in this league. A guy like Nas Reed is, again, a player I like quite a lot pretty good three-point shooter for a big man i was so surprised he went undrafted because i thought he was a pretty solid player in college and he's honestly been nice this season but he's more of a guy you prefer much more as an energy guy to come off the bench and just bring some nice production so he's unfortunately had to start even though he's been solid um, my biggest issue honestly with this team though is the forward position as a whole uh Uh, Going into the season, even before any injuries happen, their four position was just a massive issue. Like if you look at point guards, they got D'Angelo Russell, uh, they got Ricky Rubio. If you look at the two, they got Malik Beasley, they got Anthony Edwards. They got some players who can play the three as well, but it was just that four position that was always such a big issue for me, and that's why I've always campaigned for them to try and make a move for someone like an Aaron Gordon or even like a P.J. Tucker type of player. Because though I like players like Jared Vanderbilt, I actually really like Jared Vanderbilt, and he's honestly been playing. very very well for them. I got to give him a ton of credit for the way he's played. It he's still not a player that you want to be playing. Uh, starter minutes at times. He's a guy who is just much better to come off the bench and maybe play like ten minutes a game, bring you some good energy, and then get out because he is a guy who has limited abilities. He can't shoot the ball really at all. Not a good three point shooter. Not a good free throw shooter. Uh, and he just brings most of his value as a as a guy who brings energy, as a guy who rebounds, runs in transition, all that stuff. So he's unfortunately had to play more minutes than you'd want him to. And then you just have other guys playing more minutes than you'd want to as well. Like, Wancho and gomez I like Wancho Hearn-Gomez. He's another guy who you just prefer off the bench. And he's another guy who's been playing well. Like, some of these guys have been stepping up for them. Uh, I, I do like some of the rookies on this roster, even though they're just not really ready to play big minutes. Like, I really like Jaden McDaniels. And I think if Jaden McDaniels can develop, he can actually fix their four problem because he's a super lanky and long dude who... Has the ability to really hit shots off the dribble. Does have a tendency to take some just really bad shots at times. Can get lost on the defensive side of the ball and isn't a really good playmaker. But I think with development and with time, he can be a really nice player. D'Angelo Russell's just been kind of playing D'Angelo Russell basketball what you what you'd expect out of him 21 points about five and a half to six assist he's been nice this season shooting over 40 percent from three this isn't on him at all but he's just been asked to do quite a lot be, considering they've been missing cat for so long malik beasley's been awesome so far this year malik beasley is someone who i really really like uh it is weird that they paid him just considering Anthony Edwards being there, but he's shown why he should have got paid with him shooting uh, about 38% from three, uh, four- 43 and percent from the field and 88 percent from the line averaging 19.2 points per game he's a really really nice player and he's just such a good scorer like he's a player who uh didn't really get a fair opportunity in denver just due to all the depth that they have but now that he's been getting more opportunity he's been hooping anthony edwards is um just a really weird player because he's someone who you can tell he has the talent and he shows the flashes, but he's also just been super inefficient. And this is honestly just what I expected out of Anthony Edwards. Like he's one of those number one picks who I really didn't have high expectations for at all. If you look back at like my draft content, I don't even remember where I had him on my big board. I had him behind Lamelo. Uh, I had him behind Aniyeka Kongwu. I think I had him. I think I may have had him fourth fifth like I was never super high on Anthony Edwards and that's kind of what made this draft this draft is Anthony Edwards being the number one pick and he's shooting only 36 percent from the field and 27 and percent from three he reminds me a lot of like Dion Waiters at times he can just be a shot chucker and take a lot of poor shots that he simply isn't capable of hitting at a high clip yet and he's gonna be another guy who just takes who needs time and the issue with this roster is a lot of these guys need time they need development but I honestly just don't think they really like should be uh, waiting on these guys to develop because they have their pick going to the Golden State Warriors they need to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy and when a guy like Jarrett Culver is uh, struggling at times and still can't really shoot the three ball at all still can't shoot free throws to save his life That's another issue. There's just a lot of internal issues with the roster. I mean, if we look at just statistics, uh, they're 25th in points per game, which was going to be the only thing thing that saved them was them being an electric offense. And then they're 27th in opponents points per game, which we obviously expected them to be a pretty poor uh, defense, just considering the personnel that they have on this roster. Basically, all their stats are not looking good. They're losing by like 9.4 points per game they completely choked the game against the Orlando Magic that was that was a disaster that they lost that game they had a big big lead and Cole Anthony hit the game winner i mean All the credit in the world to Cole Anthony for hitting that game winner. That was absolutely incredible. And all the credit in the world for Evan Fournier having a good game, Vucevic having a good game. But at the end of the day, they should have won that game. They had a very significant lead. But this team just can't really close out games because at the end of the day, they don't have the talent in the roster. I really don't like the forward positions on this team. And now that Carl Anthony Towns is out, it's really exposing just the internal issues with this roster. Like, even though I like Josh Akogi, he's a really good defender, the dude is shooting 16.7% from three. And he's your starting three at a lot of times. This roster is just is just struggling, and they're, they're a disaster again. And with them having a top three protected pick, at this point, I would just uh, give Carl Anthony and Towns as much time as possible to come back and then... At this point, you may have to just tank out this season yet again, which is disappointing. It's disappointing as hell because this this was a season where you weren't really, like, obviously you hope to make the playoffs every single year, but you it wasn't super realistic that they were going to be a playoff team. But you'd hope they maybe be a 12th seed, a 10th seed, like a play-in team or a team that's at least fighting for the play-in. But they've just been a disaster. They're 3-10, and 10, and they're the worst team in their conference. They're... Uh, just above the Pistons for being the worst team in the league as a whole. It's another disaster of a season for them. And it's so sad because every single year I'm like, okay, this could be the year that the Timberwolves are good. And then it's just another year where things go wrong, players get injured, and then they're just disappointing again. And, I mean, they're going to have to hope that they really nailed in the draft if they even have their pick because, again, it's top three protected to Golden State. And that's what worries me so much is that if their pick lands at four and they don't have their pick – Then there's other than making like a big trade, what are you supposed to do with this roster? Really, there's just very clear internal issues with this roster. But you've also spent so much money on the roster. Like Anthony Edwards is the number one pick, so he's going to be getting paid some pretty good money. DeAndre Russell's on a Max contract, Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is on a Max contract. You just paid Malik Beasley. Other than internal improvement and then drafting well, I don't really know what you're supposed to do with the roster at this point. You got to hope you can land a top three pick and get a guy like a like a Jonathan Kuminga to be an awesome athletic defensive four for you. Or oh, I really don't know where the direction of this roster is going. I'm super worried about the future of the Minnesota Timberwolves because I just think... It's only a matter of time before Carl Anthony Towns is done and he's upset and he's ready to leave the team and he's going to be the next like NBA superstar who gets traded. Uh, and as much as I don't want that to happen, as much as I like to see players stay loyal to their team and then for uh, organizations to try and do their best to build around uh, the uh, that superstar player, uh, I think Carl Anthony Towns uh, would request a trade sooner rather than later. And I wouldn't be mad at him at all for doing that. I'd be happy for him getting out of this terrible organization that the Minnesota Timberwolves are. And it looks like another just completely lost season for them. Very, very sad stuff from them. Next thing we want to talk about is the Sacramento Kings. And after a hot start, the Sacramento Kings are back to looking like who they are. It's just so disappointing, man. Like, I always have high hopes for the Sacramento Kings because I really like a lot of players on this roster. I'm I'm a big fan of the Aaron Fox. I think he's one of the most underrated uh, players in the league, especially when we're talking about young players. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is one of my favorite rookies in the NBA, and he's been one of the best rookies. He's just been absolutely incredible so far. Um, I I just like so many guys on this roster. I like a lot of the guys they even drafted who aren't playing. I really like Robert Woodard. I really like Jamius Ramsey. Uh, I like Rashawn Holmes. Like... I just want nothing but for this roster to be good and be competitive, but they consistently disappoint me every single year. Like I even had a video that I made at the beginning of the year, talking about them, talking about them being fun again. Cause at the beginning of the year, they were competitive. They were running that high paced offense and it was super exciting. De'Aaron Fox was hooping and he's still been hooping this year. He's averaging basically 21 and six. Uh, hasn't really taken like the significant leap that I'd really hope for him to do at some point, uh, but he's still just playing well and he's, A near like all-star caliber player, De'Aaron Fox, is just a really, really good basketball player. Um, But their defense is honestly the thing that's held them back the most. They're 10th in points per game, which isn't bad by any means. That's an above-average offense right there. But rebounding and defense has absolutely killed them at this point in the season. For opponents' points per game, they're 30th, allowing 123 points per game, which is just an absolute joke that they're doing that. And I honestly think it's just their lack of interior presence that's killing them the most. Like, as much as I like Rashawn Holmes, he's a guy who you'd much prefer to be off the bench. He's a guy who you'd prefer to be in, like, the Montrez Hair role, where he's just bringing a ton of energy, uh, running, picking rolls, catching lobs, getting boards, blocking shots. Like, I think he'd be perfect in that role, but because of the personnel on this team, he's being forced to be the starter on this roster. Marvin Bagley is a guy who is uh pretty skilled on the offensive side of the ball but he's been disappointing so far this season like he's been better as of late he was terrible at the beginning of the season uh but he's still only averaging 13 and a half points which is less than his rookie season and is less than his second season like he's just been very underwhelming so far this season even if he's shooting the three ball the best yet has ever had and he's being healthier than he has before he's still just not been that good and he's not a good interior presence like even though he's someone who you would want to play center uh, and run like a small ball lineup where it's just a lot of offensively skilled players who can all shoot the ball you're running high pick and rolls with him and De'Aaron fox you can't because he can't protect the rim really at all like he's not a good rim protector by any means and that's again why they're getting killed on the interior and getting killed on the glass they're allowing way too many offensive board than second chance points buddy healed has been fine this season but for someone being as paid uh, as much as buddy healed is I mean 15 points per game on uh, shooting 37 from the field it's it's just underwhelming and disappointing and he's shooting 37 from the three on uh, 10 attempts per game so obviously that's nice that you have such a good high-volume three-point shooter. But again, he's being paid a lot to not be a crazy player. Tyrese Halliburton, like I said, has been pretty awesome so far this season. Like He's been uh, the most consistent rookie, at least. Uh, Lamello had, had his moments, and I think he's uh, definitely climbing up for being officially the best rookie. But so far, Tyrese Halliburton has been so good. And that's what you'd expect out of Tyrese Halliburton. He's a guy who came into the league being very, very ready. And that's what I loved about Tyrese is, for me, he was just – uh, the the most sure prospect out of like the top guys in this class, him and Anyeka Kongwu, I was most confident in those guys just being above average and good players. And Tyrese has done that pretty immediately With him being a very good three point shooter His form may be awkward as hell But but it goes in He's a great defender Just super high IQ off the ball uh, He's so good at getting in passing lanes Rotates super well Knows when to help at the right times I just love his basketball IQ He's honestly one of the smartest rookies I've seen in a long long time And before we know it I think Buddy Heald will be out of there And him and De'Aaron will be starting in that backcourt And I think that'll definitely be nice for them But until they get a true interior your presence who is a good rebounder and then a good shot blocker i don't think this squad is really going to go anywhere and until they fire luke walton because i just think luke walton at the end of the day is a bad coach like he hasn't been a good coach throughout his career so far and as much as this roster does lack talent like i'm not I'm not saying this roster is some great roster by any means, but they should be better than they are. And we saw at the beginning of the season when they were showing that potential, but it just looks like another season where they're going to be like the 13th seed and they're going to be a team that gets a pretty high draft pick around probably like eight, uh, maybe even higher. And at the end of the day, I think they need a franchise-changing big man because clearly Marvin Bagley was not that. And the fact that they, they took him over Luka Doncic, which... Uh, okay, obviously Luka Doncic is a generational player. He's absolutely phenomenal. My favorite player in the league, all that. He's he's ridiculous. I'm not even super mad at that because they have De'Aaron Fox. And I do think that would be a little awkward with him and Luka. But you took Marvin Bagley over Jaron Jackson Jr., who could play, like, the Marvin Bagley role that you want him to, but a million times better because Jaron Jackson Jr. is a way better defender and a way better offensive player, too, and just a way better basketball player as a whole. And even he has some similar health concerns to Marvin Bagley, so you can't even really talk about the health when it comes to that. Like, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a guy who can guard guard basically one through five can block shots on the interior is one of the best big man shooters in the league has a great handle and can blow past uh, other slower. Big men has really good touch around the basket. Like Jaron Jackson jr. Is the complete big man that you wanted the league and he passed up on him for Marvin Bagley, who is a good offensive player, bad defender, and isn't even a good enough offensive player for that to really stand out that much. Like if you look at all the advanced stuff for Marvin Bagley, it's, it's ugly man it is ugly he is standing out in the complete wrong way and even if you have solid veterans like a Harrison Barnes on your team who's just a good basketball player at the end of the day and is a nice consistent guy to have on the squad you have Corey Joseph who's like a good backup point guard It's just not enough. At the end of the day, you don't have the talent. Uh, Your coaching is bad. Your organization is bad. You've missed on so many draft picks, even if you hit on a De'Aaron Fox and hit on a Tyrese Halliburton. You missed on so many others that it just stands out so much. And then you gave up on a guy uh, like a Harry Giles, who could have been a good big man for you. You just let him go for literally nothing. When he had so much potential and he had so much talent. Because you guys weren't playing him at all. Even though you needed an interior presence. You needed a big man. You still weren't playing him. You were playing a guy like Nemanja Bjelica, Who I like a lot. But you were playing him at the small ball five. As much as that has a high ceiling on the offensive side of the ball. and defense that's going to get absolutely cooked. I just don't understand what the Kings are doing. They're disappointing again, and they look like a disaster yet again. It's just this constant cycle of you hope for the Kings to be a good team, and then they're just not. Like they had that one year where they were the ninth seed, and we all thought everything was finally gonna turn around for Sacramento, and then they had last year, which was disappointing as hell. The Aaron Fox was injured at times. Marvin Bagley barely played the entire season. Like this team just consistently finds a way to disappoint me, and at this point, I'm not even going to ever have any expectations until they get their stuff figured out because this team is just a mess Uh, yet again the 13th seed in the western conference and they're they're wasting a great player's career in De'Aaron Fox already and with how the NBA works I don't care that De'Aaron Fox just signed a big extension Uh, with how this league works with player empowerment and player movement if De'Aaron Fox sees them struggle for a couple more years he's gonna ask out That's just how the NBA works at this point. So they got to get their stuff figured out if they want to keep their franchise guy in De'Aaron Fox and if they want to start winning some basketball games finally because we can't just keep going through this perpetual cycle of them being a bad team and then getting a a good pick but then somehow messing up the pick or them being – a fine team and them not getting a great pick. And even if they have their gems like a De'Aaron Fox and like a Tyrese Halliburton, there's so many misses that come along with that, that your team just never gets anywhere. And again, you're just stuck in this perpetual cycle. And yeah, the Kings are a mess yet again. Now getting into some player spotlights for guys who have really stood out to me this season. First, starting off with Colin Sexton. I have to just be completely honest. I was 100% completely wrong about Colin Sexton. And that this is what is important about being a podcaster and having a platform. You got to admit when you're wrong. And you got to just accept that and move on from it. I, at the beginning of the season, said Colin Sexton was an empty stats guy. I said I would take Darius Garland over them. And I said the Cleveland Cavaliers should have traded Colin Sexton. And i I stood on that. I felt pretty confident about that. But Colin Sexton has completely moved uh, proved me wrong. And first, getting into why I thought he was an empty stats guy, it's not even that the Cavs were just losing games because I think that argument of just you're on a losing team and putting up numbers, and then you're immediately an empty stats guy, I think that's stupid. I've never called Trey Young an empty stats guy. I've never called Devin Booker an empty stats guy. Uh, the thing that made me more think that Colin was an empty stats guy was that he would always have, like, I... Uh- a good first half of the season but it wasn't special he was just a solid player uh and especially in his uh second season he he was cool he didn't really take the leap that we all uh would hope he did and then in the second half of the season where teams are starting to tank their team is starting to tank as well they don't really care as much a lot of teams are loosening up as more guys are just playing for seeding than anything he would put up crazy numbers he would be shooting the three balls super well and he'd go on like a hot streak and everybody would say he needs to get more recognition. I just always thought that was kind of kind of fake and uh, that those numbers were empty. But now this season, at the beginning of the season, with the Cleveland Cavaliers winning games, Colin Sexton has been absolutely incredible and has been one of the best players in the league as a whole. Colin Sexton has been out of this world, and I got to give him so much credit for proving me wrong. Now, do I think some of this stuff is going to cool down? Absolutely. Shooting 50% from three on 4.7 attempts per game when you're not like an amazing shooter, you're just a pretty good shooter, is, is very hard to keep sustainable. 27 points. I think he could be a very high uh, volume scorer, but I don't think 27 points is super realistic because that's like the elite of the elite scores. But I still think he could be like a 25 point per game scorer, and this is why. He's, his game as a whole has just improved so much. Like you can tell he put in the work in the offseason. Going into the league, I was concerned about his shooting. I thought it was something that could definitely develop, uh, but I thought he was a guy who. Uh, Was never going to be like a great shooter by any means, but he's clearly worked super hard to become a very good shooter. Now, in his rookie season, he shot 40%. Uh, it was only on 3.6 attempts per game. And it was again, the thing of him shooting really well at the end of the year, but not shooting super great at the beginning of this season. And then he kind of did the same thing his second year, but now he's starting off guns blazing. Uh, his ability to hit them off the dribble is just so impressive now, especially if you watch that Brooklyn Nets game. That was, that was one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen. Uh, in that second overtime, he absolutely just took over his ability to hit these tough, contested shots off the dribble, step back, sidesteps are so impressive. And that's what truly makes like an elite score in this league now. That's what allowed Jason Tatum to take the next step into being a superstar level player is the ability to hit those tough off the dribble threes that very uh, that very few players can hit. And now that Colin Sexton is able to, he's really put himself in the upper echelon of players of now we need to talk about Colin Sexton being in the same vein as like Shea Gildas Alexander, Trey Young. He like Colin Sexton has improved so much and he's putting himself into these conversations of being one of the better young guards in the league. He's a very good mid-range shooter as well. I feel like he gets a lot of his production there. Uh, He's just silky smooth out of the pick and roll, has a super nice handle, and it's just gotten so good at hitting difficult and challenging shots. Uh, He's pretty good at the rim as well. Nothing super special there. Uh, That's more limited just due to him being a 6'1", 190 pound guy, but with his good handle, with his ability out of the pick and roll, and with him being as fast as he is he still can get to the basket and finish at a pretty good rate he's gone to the line 4.9 times per game which i always love to see people get into the line more and more every year um playmaking isn't great and that's the thing that's criticized most about him but at this point in his career and at this point with the construction of the cleveland cavaliers roster with darius garland taking a taking a step as a playmaker i don't really care about him not being a great playmaker like obviously you want every player to be the best player that they can be and you'd love for colin sexton to be an awesome playmaker but if that's just not who he is and that's not his role then he shouldn't have to be forced into trying to be a playmaker if he is a shooting guard even though you don't really like seeing a 6-1 shooting guard you just have to play him in the role that uh, fits him the most which is an electric and explosive score and that's what the cleveland cavaliers have done this season like darius garland has still been a good score he's been awesome this year as well but he's taken on more of the responsibility of being the main playmaker and it works and then when you got guys around him who can defend very well because he isn't a great defender by any means like he puts an effort but he's just pretty small and sometimes the effort cannot be there Uh, when you put good defenders and just big guys who can rebound the ball very well. You put a Larry Nance, who's one of the best role players in the league. You draft an Isaac Okoro, who fits perfectly alongside Colin Sexton as a guy who doesn't need the ball at all on the offensive side of the ball, is a good playmaker, and then is one of the best wing defenders I feel like we've seen in a long, long time come out of the draft. I think he's that special on the defensive side of the ball. And then you trade for Jared Allen, a guy who can catch lobs, a guy who can set hard screens, and a guy who can rebound and protect the rim. The Cleveland Cavaliers are building around this duo of... Carl of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and fitting their needs, putting guys around him, uh, around them, who uh, fit their strengths and then help out their weaknesses. I really, really like what the call. Uh, what the cleveland cavaliers are building and i really really am just so impressed by how colin sexton has proved me wrong and how well he's performing this season he is an all-star caliber player and honestly if he didn't sustain the injury that he did he'd probably be a lock for me at this point in the season with with how good that he's been playing his scoring has just been absolutely out of this world i'm really excited to see him play uh against the nets again tonight because i I wasn't uh super closely watching that game i watched it when it got into over time but the Celtics and the Mavericks were on so I was watching those two games very closely but when it came to overtime I watched that and I guess I watched out a good time because that man Colin Sexton just completely took over and dragged the Cleveland Cavaliers to a win he's stepped up and has improved so much and he's really given the Cleveland Cavaliers a clear direction now like I felt for a couple years they were pretty directionless I felt like they were just going to keep losing keeping a pretty awful team to be honest but now they have this youth movement where they have they have their two guards of the future, they have a wing of the future, and they have their center of the future. If they get a four that they can rely on going into the future, you have a starting lineup of all guys that I expect to be good players going forward. And you have a clear direction where you're going that you're going in but you still have good veterans as well you got a guy like shetty osman who isn't super old isn't super young either it's just kind of in the middle and he's been solid this year again you have larry nance who i am absolutely in love with larry nance as a player i just think he's such a good role player he's been awesome as a defender this year he's just been incredible i'm i'm really really happy with what the cleveland cavaliers are building they're looking like a competent team again and i honestly would not be surprised at all if they were a playoff or a play-in team this year uh and that's because colin sexton has been so good and I think if he can will them into being like a playoff or playing team we really need to start talking about Colin Sexton in the upper echelon of these younger guards like there's he's closing the gap very very quickly and it's not even like he's just has this crazy high usage like he has the same usage that he did last year he's playing more minutes but it's not like he's just dominating the ball he has a 26.4% usage which you'd expect out of a high volume scorer who is a very good ball handler and especially with him being a guard he's just improved and is playing so much better than i think anyone could have expected and especially as someone who thought he was an empty stats guy than I could have expected. So all the credit into the world uh, for Colin Sexton. He's been absolutely incredible this season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Next player I want to talk about is one of my favorite rookies. And that is Xavier Tillman Sr., of the memphis grizzlies i gave them a lot of praise for making this pick i thought he was one of the steals of the draft he was a guy who i was a big fan of in college uh, when i broke down his tape and did like my in-depth study on him I just loved his game so much uh the thing that honestly stands out to me the most and this hasn't been something that's uh been super utilized so far in his NBA career is his playmaking ability he is an awesome playmaker for uh, a big man he's not on like the Nikola Jokic level but he's on like the Mason Plumlee Yusuf Nurkic type of level where they're just very very high IQ players and good playmakers like he's averaging 1.6 assists and only 0.4 turnovers with him uh coming off an injury and only playing 20.7 minutes per game that's very very impressive and i think once uh that becomes more of like a predominant thing that he does and becomes more of a big role for him as a playmaker i think he could really show off his ability especially when you have like a jaron jackson jr who he can hit and is one of the best uh, big men shooters in the league you obviously have jaw who is one of the just the best players in the league right now with how well he's playing and has really really emerged and has had a ridiculous second season the grizzlies are just building something so so special and it it's because they're making such good uh, picks consistently like they obviously nailed their top picks which is super important at the end of the day you need to get your stars of the franchise and they do they have their cornerstones with john and jaron jackson jr who i'm absolutely in love with the both of them i think they're both incredible but you also have to nail these later picks and that's what made made a team like the golden state warriors so good like Klay thompson wasn't this super high pick he was a late lottery guy steph curry was a higher pick draymond green was a second rounder they picked uh, a lot of guys that were later in the draft and they nailed those picks consistently and that's what allowed uh them to be such a good team is that they had so many good role players, and that obviously I'm not comparing uh, the Memphis Grizzlies to the greatest team of all time in the Golden State Warriors, but they're doing similar things to that. When you nail pick like a Xavier Tillman, who is just a solidified veteran, like he he doesn't have a super high ceiling with him already being 22 years old, but he's gonna be a nice role player for you for a long, long time. He's already came into uh, this team with him uh, coming off an injury as well, and he's just been so good. Averaging 8.6 points, 3.9 rebounds, and 1.6 assists, again, in only 20.7 minutes. Re- he's a really good finisher around the rim. I'm absolutely in love with his touch. He's just got such a soft touch, has pretty good footwork around the rim as well, uh, but he's not really a, one of those guys you're going to like dump uh, the ball down into in the post, and honestly, I like that. He's a guy who just kind of fits in. Uh, when he can he works really well in the pick and roll he sets very good screens as he's just a super big and strong dude and that definitely helps his ability to finish on the interior as well as his strength he can shoot the ball a little bit it's only shooting 20 percent from three but i still like that he's taking threes he's taking 1.3 of them per game he's got a pretty nice touch in the mid-range area as well his uh free throw shooting ability is pretty good like he's just overall super solid he's never going to be a guy who gets big minutes Like, he's never going to be a star player. He reminds me of, like, a Mason Plumlee type of guy or, like, a a Daniel Tice type of guy. A bit of an undersized center, but a really good playmaker and a good finisher at the basket. And then when you nail a pick, uh, like Desmond Bain, too, who was a later pick, who's a guy who shoots the ball super well and is a really good defender, too, the Memphis Grizzlies are just doing everything right uh, and I like that they're drafting older players because so many so many teams draft these young guys. And obviously that makes sense because you want to get high upside, especially at the beginning of the draft. I get why older players aren't selected at the beginning of the draft, but especially in the late first round and second round as well, I think taking uh, older, like four-year college players, guys like Xavier Tillman who may not have the highest ceiling but are solidified and you know are going to be good players is a super smart move. And I think that helps a lot of teams be super successful uh, when they just take these older players who again, they know are going to be good and they' they're already coming into the lead having a high IQ and they, they're not going to make these rookie mistakes that uh, so many that you expect out of so many uh, young guys. Like even an Anthony Edwards say, Per se, he has came into the league and even being the first overall pick, he's still super raw. He has a ton of development to have. And obviously you're not going to take Xavier Tillman, who's a 22 year old over Anthony Edwards. But we see with Xavier Tillman being a 22 year old guy who came from a really good program in Michigan State where the coaching there is really good. He's just seamlessly transitioned into this uh Grizzlies roster and with them dealing with some injuries with them dealing with some COVID stuff he came in right away and was already an impactful positive player to the squad so I'm absolutely in love with this pick for the Memphis Grizzlies I think they have at the bare minimum they have their backup center for the future and I think he could even be a starter alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm that high on Xavier Tillman and I'm Uh, really really happy to see how he's been performing so far the Grizzlies are just such an absolute blast to watch and when they get Jaron Jackson Jr. back this team is going to be dangerous so you guys better watch out the Grizzlies are building something truly truly special and are going to be one of the best teams of the 2020s I think they're going to truly dominate uh, this era just because the organizational structure of them is so good the coaching is very good and they've nailed it consistently every single pick they are killing it and Xavier Tillman is just the next the next example of that an absolute steal for the Memphis Grizzlies. my last player spotlight I want to do is for a player who was heavily criticized going into the season and for a good reason and that is Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors. We all know about Andrew Wiggins, the number one pick, the uh, Maple Jordan, the guy who was getting comparisons to Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, LeBron James. like He was uh, one of the most hyped guys we've ever seen. And honestly, for the amount of hype that he got, he was a disappointment. But Andrew Wiggins, while not being a number one pick caliber player and not being the superstar that we all thought he was going to be, has ended up being a solid player and has played very, very well for the Golden State Warriors so far this season and is a big reason why they've been pretty successful at this point in the season, even though they do have somewhat of a lack of talent. At this point in the season, he's averaging 17.7 points, five rebounds and about two and a half assists on 45% from the field, 39.7% from three and about 70% from the line. Uh, I really like his ability to shoot the three ball. He's been asked to do a, a lot more like uh, a lot less creating uh which i i really enjoy because uh earlier in his career especially like um in 2020 with the minnesota timberwolves before he got traded to the warriors he was doing a lot of off the dribble threes and he just simply isn't a good enough three-point shooter uh to really uh, make up for the difficulty of shots he was taking so now that most of his shots Uh, from the three-point line are coming in the corner off a catch. It's made things so much easier for him. And now he's a 39.7% three-point shooter on about 5.2 attempts per game. That is a very, very good percentage. I I don't need Andrew Wiggins to be this guy who is creating a ton of shots off the dribble. And I honestly don't want him to be that guy because I think he's now thriving in the role of being a guy who's just asked to do less Uh, Steph Curry is obviously the main creator on this roster they got Draymond Green who's a really good playmaker and is always going to set up Andrew Wiggins to get open shots and then occasionally when they need him to Andrew Wiggins will get into his mid-range area and take some shots off the dribble and that's completely fine I like him doing that occasionally because it just adds a different dynamic to this offense and doesn't make it too stagnant. And even though at at certain points in the season, he's definitely struggled adapting to the Warrior system because it is very, very complex, like – Uh, Steve Kerr runs a very interesting offense uh, that definitely takes high IQ players. But Andrew Wiggins, game by game, is adapting to it more and more and just fits in this system very, very well. But honestly, the thing that stood out to me more than anything, because I expected him to be a solid offensive player. I expected him to get more catch and shoot opportunities and shoot the ball well. Didn't expect him to shoot basically 40%. That's very, very good. And I give him all the credit in the world for clearly improving his ability to shoot the three ball. It's the defense that has stood out to me more than anything, because Andrew Wiggins, uh, the thing that disappointed me the most was him on the defensive side of the ball, because uh, going into the league, he was praised as being an elite defender, but his offense was going to take time. And it's been the exact opposite throughout his career. He's been a pretty good offensive player, but his defense was so disappointing. He just never really showed the effort, never really showed the IQ. But now that he's being coached up by a guy like Draymond Green, who's not going to take... Uh, him taking plays off and now that he's being uh, in a really good organization with a good coach at Steve Kerr he's clearly improved so much on the defensive side of the ball and he's finally showing the capability that we all knew he had he's just putting in a lot more effort because he's always had the physical tools I mean the dude is six seven pretty strong long wingspan like he has all the uh, prototypical uh, abilities that you'd want out of a good defender but at the end of the day, effort is so important on the defensive side of the ball. So now that he has people that will really hold him accountable for being a good defender, he is showing that he can do that. He's averaging a block and a half per game, uh, about .4 steals as well. And though those are never really good to uh, look at when you're judging a defender's just steals and blocks because, I mean, so many guys have averaged a large amount of blocks and large amount of steals but aren't good defenders. But just eye test-wise... Uh, I don't even know if statistics back this up, but eye test-wise, he's looked so much better on the defensive side of the ball. And I actually did see a stat that like he has one of the best opponent field goal percentages when he's uh, the primary defender, which is very, very impressive and just shows that he's uh, putting a lot more effort Uh, His one-on-one defense is honestly the thing that stood out to me the most. He's become a pretty good one-on-one perimeter defender. Like, obviously, you don't want him being on, like, LeBron James, but if you're going to put him on uh, just a decent wing, Andrew Wiggins is most likely going to do a pretty good job of shutting them down any night. And he definitely deserves a ton of credit because he – has gotten scrutinized so much throughout his career and again i completely understand that because he's been a disappointment so far and even this is a disappointment from what our expectations were but at this point i think we have to start think stop thinking about andrew wiggins as the number one pick and just have to start thinking about who he is as a basketball player because constantly having these expectations that are just unrealistic isn't fair to andrew wiggins we should just expect him to play his role well and he's doing this on a team that's winning games too so i've been very impressed by andrew wiggins he he isn't a number one pick but he's a solid basketball player who's helping the golden state warriors win games and he's been a nice guy to have alongside steph curry so very very impressed by andrew wiggins at this point in the season wanted to give him player spotlight and i really wanted to give him some recognition for how he's doing so far for the golden state warriors That has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. It's been Michael. Peace out.